Hello, and welcome to Natural Geekery. This is a podcast that focuses on role-playing games, creativity, storytelling, and the flow that can happen when friends or strangers sit down with some dice, some rules, and decide to tell a story. We currently feature an actual play called Wild is Plus, where there is no GM, only two old friends using a few rules and creating a fantasy world and a story from random die rolls. My name is Brian. Welcome aboard. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Wild is Plus, and this is where we play a role-playing game without a game master, no GM, without a without a game master net, and we tell a story and move it forward with our two characters, and by two characters, it's me and Dr. Hip. Hello, Dr. Hip. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I am great. I'm 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 great. This is uh this is episode 20, my friend. Can you believe it? Not even by a long stretch. And uh, me neither. It's me 2020, neither. so I know the 20th episode at the end of 2020 where what more or yeah, I'm not even going to finish that Talk sentence. Talk about your major milestone. <laughs> <laughs> right? We need to go back and review our our characters. See if we want to, do we need to take any more stunts for our own personal selves before the year's over? <laughs> uh, just, just be glad we survived. Right. Well, exactly. we haven't played the scene yet, so who knows? No, that, no, we haven't. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about those 20 episodes that we are very surprised to have gotten this far with. And we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But for now, we're going to jump into this game. We've got, we've got ruins to explore, my friend. Inconceivable. <laughs> totally, totally inconceivable. I never thought we'd get here after all the difficulties we've had so far. It's been a wacky road. It has. So, um, let's just jump right into this thing, shall we? Uh, we mm-hmm. are a little bit of a, well, let's do a recap. Let's do a recap. Uh, previously on. Previously on Wildest Plus. Our two adventurers, Hazo Quickbolt, a gnome ranger, and Luden, a, pal- a half-orc paladin of Sidara, have traveled from their home of Draken Falls as members of the Drakenfeld Surveyors Guild in order to track down and find these barbarian ruins, or outlander ruins, that have uh, recently come to light that they exist. And as part of that, they encountered an outlander tribe, uh, had all sorts of uh, interesting adventures getting there and then while there, and they have now been led by the half-orc Rarsta, who is an outlander herself of the Sabertooth Tiger Clan. They have been led to just outside where these ruins lie, hidden back, back in a canyon that somehow opened up several months ago, I believe we said, and we are about to be the first uh, people other than Outlanders to have seen these ruins in several hundred years. And the only other thing we know is that Dark Fae have been in those ruins and actually drove the Outlanders out of these ruins. And it's possible that they are still there. We've actually been asked by the chieftain to check into that to see if they are still there. So that is the plan. It, it opens up. It is morning. We had a nice quiet night camping outside the canyon that led back into the ruins, and we are about to go in. Did I miss anything? No. 
Very good. Awesome. We're cool. on a mission. All right. So let's kick this off. Uh, Scene-wise, I believe we were at Chaos Level 4. Uh, mm-hmm. Does it need to stay at 4 or does it go down? Maybe we should ask Mythic real quick. Uh, does the Chaos Level go down to 3 or 4? Or do you just want to say it that it does? And we did have a pretty quiet time getting out here. Yeah, I think it should go down. Yeah, I think so too. Let's not roll. Okay, so Chaos Level 3. And our scene is, I think we have decided our scene is going to be us sneaking into the ruins, basically, uh, during daylight, where hopefully the twisted, or not the the dark fae, maybe don't come out much during the day. Uh, That's our plan. And Mm -hmm. so with the morning light, we are going to sneak into these ruins and see what we can find. And I believe Hazo is going to lead the charge on that. Uh, Yes, are we going to, and then... Each roll stealth and sort of uh, make an advantage or help with that. Yeah, this is yeah, all think, going in together. Yeah, I think. Yeah, well, if 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 Mythic allows us to have this scene, we can go ahead and talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> shall That's I roll the, chaos or shall you? I'm not. I'm not feeling very lucky, so I'm going to hand it to you, good sir. Nine. Nine. Yes. Okay. So we don't have to worry about any changes. The scene is as we have it. We are sneaking into the ruins. So cool. No changes. Wipe my brow for a minute. All right. So then let's talk mechanics, right? Let's talk Mm -hmm. about how we're going to do this. Uh, We were talking a little bit before the show started. And I think what I'd like to do in the in sort of a fate accelerated way, uh, people can assist with a roll and give a plus one. However, this it's kind of dependent on how good of a job we all do sneaking, and Luden maybe isn't the best sneaker sneak. So, what I think we're going to do is we're going to have uh, Rarsta, who is a level two on pretty much everything that makes her pretty powerful, but we'll roll for her regardless. And we'll have Rasta and Luden roll. And if they get successes, then against like a zero, if they get successes, then you get a plus one to cool. your uh, stealth roll to get us in all sneaky sneakified. So should we roll for Tomaska or do you think she's probably just going to be stealthy? I'm going to, she's a wolf. So I'm going to give that to her. Okay. And I just, I think you, you have already, you already operate with her. So I don't think. Yeah. I don't think we're going to let her give you a plus one. I, I agree. Right? I think that's, yeah, okay. All right. Uh, I'm, such, I'm such a hard ass, right? Um, okay, so let me roll Luden. This is for Luden to uh, sneak along. We, so let, let's set the scene, right? We're, we're in this arid landscape. There's some greenery and some brush. Rarsta has taken us to this canyon and said this is the, this is the, the canyon that leads to this, basically this secret entrance that opened up due to... I don't know, an earth tremor or a landslide or something shifted and that her tribe were able to find for a very short period of time before the dark face showed up out of nowhere. Um, we decided that it was raining yesterday, but it didn't, we haven't really decided the weather today. No, we haven't. Um, so we could ask mythic really quick what the weather's like. Okay. Um, and then just to kind of set the scene, right, as we start to head down this way, 
Let's say uh, I roll one, you roll one. This is a mythic question, so we're looking for an 11, is basically. What, is the weather nice? Is that what we're asking? Uh, yeah, is the weather nice? I got a nine. Seven. That is a 16 and a yes. Uh, those are both odd. Let's I'll roll that really quick. We have to roll under the chaos factor to see if that changes at all. It does not with an eight, so we are on our way. We're going to start down into this canyon, kind of moving slowly along the sides. Is Hazo like a little bit ahead of us, maybe? Yes. Or like Hazo scouting? Tamaska. Yeah, up a little bit. Yeah. Ahead. You okay. know, using okay. the traditional hand signs for, you know, stop forward. Oh, yeah, like stuff. putting his hand up. or Yeah, okay. And I mean, I'm sure Rarsta probably told us what the layout of this canyon is like and what to look for as well. I That just makes sense to me as part of... The RP that had that happened around the campfire last night. <laughs> exactly. All right. So as we move into this, I'm going to have Luden roll his stealth. I'm going to go against a zero. He's got a plus one to his dex. I don't really have anything else I can add to it. All right. I got, that's a plus two for me. And then if Rarsta, we'll just roll for Rarsta and, ooh. She rolled a zero, so I'm not sure she's going to give you any bonuses, but she's not going to give you any negatives either. Well, she rolled a zero, so that matches it. So, yeah, you can roll with a – I think that's a plus two. Am I remembering that right? Yes. Okay. I roll total six. Ooh. Well, I imagine that that's going to uh, get us in the door just fine. The dark – the shadow fey are – uh, threat level three. So you'd have to beat at least a three and you know, there's, I don't see them having any guards or anything. So I, I'm thinking we get up there pretty sneaky sneak, pretty nice and quiet. Yeah. That's six succeed with style. Technically, if we call it a three, we could even say there's an advantage. Yeah. Let's, let's give ourselves a boost. I think that's fair. Um, what's the boost? Hazo sneaky sneak moves like the wind. Ooh, write that down. That's our boost. We can we can use it once like a created advantage if anything comes up as we are sort of sneaking into the ruins. I would say after after the sneaking is done, that's that's not the case, but Okay. So we can get up to the ruins pretty close now. What do we see? We see uh the ruins. This is this is what I, I have. Uh we're going down the canyon, maybe moving from Maybe there's a boulder or something like like little cracks and crevices in the side of the canyon, and we're moving along. There's probably there might be even be a little bit of water in this narrow sort of canyon from the rain, right? This is one of those things that would probably fill up with water. Oh yeah, at some point. So we're moving along that very carefully, and then we probably go into an area where it's like really high, like the the walls are really tall and high above us, and maybe we go into almost like a cave area for just a little bit and then it opens up and then boom, it opens up into this sort of vista of stone buildings and basically ruins sitting here. Ruin wise, what are we looking at? In my head, I'm seeing like, we can ask mythic, right? Uh, yeah, but, I'm seeing like stone Pueblo buildings kind of mm -hmm. like. That's what I was thinking too. Fairly okay. crude. I mean, I don't mean, yeah, not like masonry walls, not like Greek architecture, you know. Right, right, right. Um, like handmade, yeah. you know, build, yeah, build, yeah. building blocks. And 
they're going to be weathered, you know, so they're oh, yeah, going to be not in completely good shape. Right. I think this, we open up to that. We, we see the buildings for the first time. We've, we've basically made it to the ruins. Uh, we're still being pretty sneaky. Uh, what questions should we ask Mythic? Uh, is there, do we want to ask if there's Dark Fae watching the entrance? That's a good one. It's exactly okay. what I was thinking. Scary. Scary. Here we go. Uh, are there Dark Fae watching Are we going to give this any bonus? Well, we know that as, as GMs, we know that they are down to a very small crew. Would they, the most I would give would be a plus two. And right. they may not even be caring. They may be trying to get out of there. What do you think? I don't see them trying to defend this place anymore. So I yeah, don't. I didn't either. No, okay, I think just, we just leave it. Yeah, even. Yeah. Okay. 50 50. All right. I got a seven. Four. Ooh. Eight, nine, 10, 11. That is, a, that is a yes, but. How about yes, but they are still watching the ruins or they're still there? Something yeah, they're still there. Yes, they're watching the entrance, but. Do they, maybe they don't take any action? Yes, but, yes. But they but, don't attack? But they don't attack. But they stay hidden? I don't know. Ooh, okay, let's ask Mythic. Hey, Mythic, do the Dark Fae, do they stay hidden when they see us? I like that. I like that. Just straight up 50-50. Oh, yes. I got a five. One. Six. So that's a no. They don't stay hidden. So yes, but hmm. Okay. Maybe they show themselves. Maybe it's just one of them. And they simply do that thing where they show us that they're there and then they walk away. Right? Like, <laughs> like they because- step out of a building into the street and then step back into the building and disappear? Yeah, because, you know, they have that ability to, like, teleport in shadow, like the Twisted Fae do. And I was thinking either, like, they stand up on a roof of a building just yeah. so they could, like, hey, we see you. And then they drop back down and disappear. Or I like oh. yours. Like, they step out of an alleyway in the shadows of these buildings that are maybe close together with the sun coming down. And they just step out and let us see them for a minute. And then they just step back in and they disappear. Sort of like a gray man or something. It's like, yeah, kind of like a little creepy nod of, yeah, we know you're here, and but we're not going to do anything because it's daylight. I I really like that. Okay. Um, that just- <laughs> what, 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 what do you think? No, I think it's great. <laughs> also, it's like, uh, did you just see that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's say that happens. I'm not, uh, Let's not even roll. And so- they're going to know we're here, so we need to remember that, but they're not going to deal with us. So, yeah, that moment happens. How does Hazo react? Well, he's not under the dark mood, and no, it was right. the Twisted Fae, and these are the Shadow Fae. That is correct, the Shadow but Fae, right. nonetheless, he might be a little creeped out. Let's uh, let's do a little, I don't know, <laughs> do a I little, have to roll, roll against that? Sand check. <laughs> Constitution check? I don't know what you call it. Wisdom, uh, intelligence. I would, I would, I would, uh, is this to see if he's unsettled or not? Yeah. Like if uh, it freaks him out. 
Yeah, okay. Um, go with wisdom. Uh, straight up zero. All right, he does okay. Two. All right. He made a two. He made a two. So he's, he's, he's okay. He's composed. It's not like we weren't expecting these guys. Uh, yeah. Question, is this the first time either one of us has ever seen a dark fae? I think probably yes. Yeah, because yeah, I'd seen the Twister before. So, And let's talk about what they look like. Like, what do we see so the, so the audience can, so we can get a picture in our heads. So I know the Twisted Fae were kind of gray and had black eyes and were kind of very creepy looking and gaunt. But I, I see these like, I'm just going to throw this out here. Uh, I see these like, like high elves, but pale, like really pale or maybe mm-hmm. even white, like white, uh, ivory skinned elves that are used to living in the dark and the shadows and, but have a nobility about them and sort of nobility and arrogance. And that's what I'm sort of seeing in my head. If we want to adjust that, now's the time. No, I think that's, that's really perfect. They might have very large eyes with a big pupil, like adjusted to being able to see in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of for these, I, I, in, ever since we came up with, the Shadow Fae, I keep thinking of Elric of Melnabone, which hopefully I'm pronouncing that right, but uh, Elric is a fantasy character from the Pope fantasy days, and Michael Moorcock wrote those books, and images of of Elric are of like a white-skinned, kind of elven, skinny, uh, not scrawny, just skinny and lithe, and somewhat somewhat stylistic and uh what's the term i'm looking for um baroque in their ornamentation yes yes that's okay. what i was okay. seeing too like they have nice armor and it is yeah. intricately carved well you we probably can't see it from this distance but right but this guy so this this dark this shadow fay steps out of the shadows takes two or three graceful steps out looks at us maybe nods and then turns and walks back into the shadows. Yeah. I think that would be unnerving. I think that would probably be unnerving. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to roll for, I'm going to roll for Luden too. Does Luden keep his stuff together? He does. He got a plus one. So cool. I'm sure Tomaska does one of those low roll roar. Yeah. Hackles go up like, Ooh, let's, Oh, we need to check a reaction for Rarsta. It's just what I was thinking. Because Rarsta saw some of her people probably killed by these. She's probably going to be. Entities. Let's just ask Mythic. Does Rarsta charge at the, does Rarsta lose her cool? And maybe, do we want to give it any pluses? Yeah, plus two. I mean, she cool. knew she okay. was our guide, but there's no reason that she would have to be. All right. She I could like have that. a secondary mission of like, take out the. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, she may be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We she don't know about that. A, given to her by the chieftain to kill all those guys that, that, that she sees. Okay. Oh, I've got a six. One. Oh, seven. So, all no, right. she doesn't lose her cool. No, she doesn't lose her cool. So we all stop for a minute and just pause and this thing disappears back into the alley. What's our move next? Um, I think Luden would stop. Everybody stops and sort of looks at each other. Do you, um, oh, what do you think? Do we need to, Go over there. Is that what was that about? Do was it just letting us know we were here, or do is is it asking us to follow it? Good question. It seems like an invitation to me. 
it sort of seems like that. Maybe uh, <clears throat> what if Rarsta? Let's ask. Let's ask Mythic. Does Rarsta throw in some two bits? Like, no, they just do this, right? Like, they had experiences with these Shadow Fey messing with them That's before true. they got driven out. I mean, so and maybe I'm Rarsta ask- says, no, this is just one of their tactics. And I'm answering like Hazo, who always says, "Let me check this out. Let me take a look at that." He's like, "Yeah, yeah it's probably an invitation." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it probably is. Let's go. Let's go get some lore from that guy. Okay, so let's roll. Let's give her a plus two that she already knows this. I got a six. Ten. Whoa. Okay, those are both even, so we'll need to roll chaos. So that is 16. That's almost a definite yes, but uh, roll. You want to do us the favor of doing the chaos roll? Okay. It's not under three. Three or under, so we are good. Oh, I love these low I love these low chaos scenes. Yeah. Okay, so Rarst explains to us that like, nah, these are just their tactics. They do this to unsettle you. And we'll go down there and they won't be there. They'll be somewhere else. So yeah, it's just that's like it. a wild that's goose. Exactly. Ah. What is that? Exactly. Well, I am um, I guess we should proceed with caution then, because it is uh definite then that they know we're here when we don't know how many of them there are. I had hoped to get a little further in, but it was obvious they were watching the entrance. And there was really no way to, that entrance as tight as it is, there's really no way to not be seen as we came in. Uh, lead the way, Rarsta. Uh, so, does Rarsta, what is, okay, so, yeah, what's is that of the end of the here, scene? You know? Is that the scene, then? We, we snuck in, is that the scene? I think that wraps up the scene. Or maybe not, we're still exploring, we can keep going. What does it look like on the movie screen? Rarsta takes us around, showing us the buildings, showing us the areas that they knew about. Yeah, I'm seeing this like old west ruins, ghost town esque kind of. Yeah, yeah, me too. Like it's it's very much like they're somewhat primitive. There's is there like art, like maybe painted on the buildings or inside? Let's ask Mythic how. Um, so here's what's going through my head, right? Like in some ruins you can walk in, you know, there were stories of, of, of adventures in the real world who go into these ruins that haven't been seen by anybody for hundreds of years. And there's still stuff like on the table, right? There's Mm -hmm. still pots and there's still evidence of just kind of how it was left. Let's ask mythic if it's like that. Okay. Because technically this was hidden for a long time. Like we are some of the first individuals to walk into this place. Well, that's a cool idea. So, yeah. So, uh, Mythic. Hey, Mythic, is it like that? <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Uh, where'd my die go? Oh, I got a two. Nine. Oh, an 11. So, yes, but in our little modified yes-no scale that we made. A yes, but... Yes, but some things are disintegrated, maybe? Or yes, yeah, I think but that makes sense. After 200 years, a lot of things have deteriorated. Yeah. yeah, or just, yeah, elements have taken them over. Yes, but there's not a lot here. Yeah. I kind of like that, too. Like, it's a, they, were, they were a sparse, Spartan kind of living, only the essentials and the utilities. They maybe had some buildings that we'll find that had other things. Okay, so she takes us around showing us these buildings and we are seeing this treasure trove of anthropology and archaeology. Yeah. Like 
cracked wood bowl or, you know, yeah. little crockery and stuff that wouldn't be worth much. Yeah. You know, but or pottery that perhaps has has sat there for a couple hundred years, uh, maybe that has about, survived. Yeah, think about what tools would be like. You know, a simple mm, wooden right. handled tool it would be pretty crude, but it would the stone right. part would still be. Yeah, 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 and like the leather. If there was leather that they used to wrap it, it would probably be dry and brittle and break off. Okay, cool. I like this. I like this so far. I guess the question is. Where does she take us? Oh, that's another thing that popped into my head is, did we ever decide how big these ruins were? Like how big of a I was settlement this was? Too. I don't have anything in my notes. So, I, don't I mean, know. I know that the Sabertooth Tiger Clan was around like 60 or 70 people, I think. But I, I don't think we know how big this is. So we should probably figure that out. Because it's not like this was small, like some small little four-building village or like a little right group of people. This was supposedly f- what if kind of big. I don't think we know. Let's let's figure that out real quick. Yeah, um, how do we that's do a that? Mythic role. A mythic. Are these ruins large? Is the scope of this settlement large? And we'll just do a straight fifty-fifty. Okay. I got a seven. Nine. Ooh, so that's a yes. And that's two odds. Uh-oh, chaos, I rolled a two. Oh, okay. Two All odds. Right. We haven't done oh. this for a while. Exceptional yes. Yeah, that is an exceptional yes. So this is a massive settlement. This is big. Okay, that changes things nicely. What if? Um, what if she takes us to... The main area where her tribe had settled. I'm wondering if we can roll on some sort of random chart for like a building or for like where they sort of set up. And maybe they too were just exploring the whole settlement. My gut says if there's sort of like a common center of town, like a marketplace, that's probably where they would have set up because... They would have been right. able to explore the whole town from there. So, yeah, I like that idea. Yeah, that works for me. So, does let's just ask Mythic does does Rarsta take us to like a common marketplace area? I got a six. I'm rolling a lot of sixes today. Uh, seven. All right. So that's a yes. Cool. So she takes us to this open aired like area that probably would have had stalls or carts or some sort of general market feel to it and points out where this is basically, this is where the tribe was centered and would take us on a tour around those buildings. I'm thinking maybe some of those buildings have been emptied out. Yeah, that would make sense. I see us sort of exploring or exploring the area. Uh, Rasta would just kind of be on guard for us and, we would look around that area for a little bit, but there's probably a lot of things that have already been, you know, the, the, the outlanders were living here for a while. So we start to maybe walk around the city streets a little bit more. And let's just ask mm-hmm. mythic. Do we find anything interesting or have an encounter? Right. So I think, I think that's the question to ask to see if anything pops up 
at us as players, because at this point as GMs, I'm not really sure what else to do. And that's Mythic's job anyway. So, okay. hey, Mythic, do, do we have some sort of encounter or see something cool? Uh, I got a, I got a seven. Eight. So that's a yes. Okay, so let's do this. Let's, um, I've got a little table, I think, that we can come up with here. I think, I think I've got a couple tables that might work for this that I had in prep. Does that mean uh, I have to roll? I think so. Yeah. So let's do that. Let's, um, in hopes that we had some sort of crazy encounter. Uh, thanks, Mythic. Um, so <laughs> roll, <laughs> roll a D8. D8. Oh, and this will, this digging will tell deep us. into the dice bag today. Oh, I see how it is. Four. Four. One, two, three. Oh, a creature. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I do have, I hate to say this, but I did mark a table from a book that I have. I just have to find it. It is basically encounters like ruin encounters, and I just need to find it. Hold on. While we're, while we're cruising around here, Hazo's going to pull out his sketchbook and make oh, some cool. crude sketches of the layout and the sort of the way the buildings look. Oh, cool. So like, uh, yeah, like this, like the buildings and like the layout of the city and like field notes kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Nicely played. Make a, a basic kind of map, overhead looking map as he, as he goes. And Okay. So I was able to finally find my lair and ruin encounter table from dun, dun, a wonderful, dun. all right, like a old wonderful book called the toolbox from AEG that was published uh, many, many years ago. All right. So let's, looks like we're going to need a D20 and I'm going to tell you some of these aren't very pretty. So this could be pretty terrifying. Uh, if you're ready, I'm ready. Great. Now you would think Rarsta would probably know about this, except maybe this thing came into this part of the city after they left. Okay, roll for it. Seventeen. Seventeen is <laughs> you cannot make this up. Oh my goodness. That's an owlbear. <laughs> <laughs> Just wandered into the ruins. <sighs> Well, you know, it probably came in from another part of the settlement and it's, it's, it doesn't mean we have to fight it, right? So let's ask some questions. Oh my goodness. Uh, uh hey, I'm Luton, gonna make it. Can you speak Albert? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Albert, great. Okay. So let's do getting organized here in the cockpit. Um, all right, so let's ask a couple questions, right? Do are we surprised by the owlbear? That's an important question. Are we surprised? Mm. I got a nine. Also a nine. Oh geez. Identical. No. Result is exceptional. And a random. Well, we have event. to wait, oh, wait, oh, hold oh. on. We, yeah, yeah, I gotta roll you go roll. Oh. Roll to see if we oh, uh, it's, my, well, I it's not exceptional it. yet. It's identical, so seven. Seven. Okay, so it's not exceptional, nor does a random event occur, because we don't need that right now. But it is a However, yes. We, all right, so we got an 18. That is that is a yes with a capital Y. 
though, except uh, not an exceptional yes. So it doesn't like do immediate damage to us. So it, it surprises us. Here's the question. It's a wild critter. It doesn't mean it's necessarily going to attack us. Or does it? So we need to ask Mythic, is the owlbear attacking us? Does it attack us? A six. Also a six. Oh, geez. But that's a yes. That's Uh, a yes, but it's also, uh, results are the same, and they're also even, so I'll roll chaos this time. And I got a three. So that is an exceptional yes. That is a hungry owlbear. Yikes. Okay. And uh, and a random event occurs. Um, do we want to let's let's roll the random event real quick, and we're going to stick to the rule of I don't know. And if nothing comes up immediately, we're just going to ignore it. All right. So we need to roll percentile for the adventure focus table. Okay. Go ahead and roll that, Doctor Hip. Fifty even. That's a new NPC, is what this says. <laughs> well. <laughs> Uh, oh, okay. All right. A new NPC. Uh, roll, roll what? a descriptor. So you roll. I don't know. We're, we'll see how this goes. Uh, I roll one descriptor. You roll the other. I got a 73. Mysteriously. What'd you get? 33. 33 is mysteriously feeble. Like a cripple? Yeah. Or sick. Or, uh, what if you know, what if it's the, an injured, the injured the injured shadow fae. Yep. That's exactly what I was thinking. And what too. if okay, okay. He, what if the the Albo's trying to get it? That's that's perfect. Okay. So we're cruising along. We're checking out buildings. We maybe hear a weird sound. And pretty much out of nowhere, we don't know that it's attacking this guy. Or maybe that maybe it cries for help. And this owlbear, no, because we're surprised. So we don't even see it coming. So the owlbear charges out of this opening or this opening between buildings. But no, it's got to come out of a building because yes. the shadow fae would be in a building. Maybe, oh no, I'm also kind of thinking maybe this is one of the wounded shadow fae that they didn't, like they thought was dead. And so they left it sure. instead of the one that was wounded because they would, if it was wounded and they were taking care of it, it would be, you would think that it would be with the two others. Yeah. The yeah one they other. probably wouldn't leave him alone. Cause we know, we know as G on the GM side of things, there are three there, two are healthy. One is injured. But what if this is another one? What if this is one that was wounded by the outlanders and has been just surviving, uh, barely scraping by and this owlbear found it and tried to eat it. And that's what we've just stumbled on. Perfect. I like this. I like this. Okay. So we're, we're walking along this, this owlbear just charges us out of nowhere. Um, I'm basically going as a, on the GM side of things, I think it just attacks us. I think we just have to roll to see who it attacks first. Yeah. And it just, it's just going to lay into that person. I think with the dark fade being a challenge three and a dire cave bear being a challenge four, I'm going to put an owlbear it's somewhere around a challenge rating two or three. What do you think? I think a two would be too easy. Sure. I'm thinking, I'm thinking it's a three. I think, I think owlbears need to, need to be shown some respect, man. 
It's a dire owlbear. <laughs> no. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> no. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So we have we have the three characters. Uh, that's a D6 pretty much straight up. Uh, one, two is Rasta. Three, four, Luden, five, six, Hazo. Or do you want to rearrange those in any way? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Do you want me to roll? Oh, yeah. Okay. A two. <laughs> so that's Rasta. Okay. Uh, so it just basically charges out and hits Rasta. Um, this is a weird little NPC. So let's not necessarily. So it's got like two attacks with claws. I think that's the regular attack for an owlbear is just pretty much brute strength attacks. I can look it up real quick. All right. So let's go ahead and let's go ahead and resolve it with Mythic. Um, does the owlbear hit Rasta? Pretty much straight up. Um, let's go give it a plus two because it's a surprise roll. That's a three. Six. Six. Sorry. So nine, 10, 11. So yes, but. So the owlbear attacks Rasta, but doesn't really do any damage. Maybe it just charges out of the building and basically shoulder slams Rasta to the side and like smacks her over there. And she's going to be, she's going to have to get her footing and get her weapons out. And then it turns to Luden and Hazo and Tamaska. Yes. Okay. So it's a challenge level three. It's pretty much our go. Uh, Hazo, you're the faster of us. So let's go with you first. What would you like to do? I mean, the coolest thing would be if you could just scare it off um, and sure, get it to run sure. away. But I don't know that that's. We could try some sort of intimidation or you could, um, or you, I mean, you could do, you could say that in character and we could try to just charge it and yell at it. And we could try to do, uh, so we could try to do some sort of, yeah, it's up to you. What do you, how do you want to do it on your action? I'm going to say that. Can we try and scare it off or do we have to kill it? I, I don't know if it'll give us a choice or not, but, um, I'm, I'm open for it. Okay. I'm going to like. Hand signal to Tabasca to sort of like nip at it. Like we're going to like, and I'm going to like jump up and down, yell, like get out of here. You know, like okay. something okay. really. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just try to try to shake it off. It's off see its if game. we can just sort of put it off its game. Like, wait, what is this? You know? Right. Right. Um, okay. So what is that? Is that, that is kind of the equivalent of. That's an intimidation role, but with with fate accelerated, uh, we have to figure out how we want to do that. Is that a advantage, or they're trying to get an effect out of this? You're trying to get it to be scared. So I think that's going to be more of an overcome role. That makes sense against its challenge rating of three. So why don't you go ahead and I think that's a charisma roll. <laughs> uh, I think. What do you what yeah. do you think? Okay. Do I get so, a plus if Tremaska's growling? Um is that more intimidating? No, I think how we've kind of been playing Tamaska as a separate entity. So we could say she tries to help you with the role. So if she's successful, then you would get a plus one. I rolled a two. And so mm. I was for not Tamaska? successful. No, for me. Okay. For, okay. Okay. For me to uh, intimidate it. But so. All right. All right. 
Well, it, it is an owlbear, so I don't expect us to be able to intimidate well, it. Uh, Hazo's only 40 inches tall. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, man, you can try. It's like a little kid jumping up and down. Hey, go away! <laughs> <laughs> You're bigger in spirit, man. Uh, I am big in spirit. Not big enough for an owlbear. Okay, so I think Luden is going to take a defensive stance. He's going to get his shield up and dry sword and then kind of take a lead from Hazo and try to yell at it and like bang his shield with his sword at the owlbear uh, to try and intimidate it as well. I think that's pretty much just a straight up roll, right? Just a charisma roll. Yeah. Against that challenge rating of three. However, he's got a pretty good charisma, so maybe we can see something happen. Oh, that's no, that's not going to happen. That's, uh, no, he missed it. So that is, he only gets a one. So he is unable to do anything effective as well, but we do, he does have sort of a defensive stance and is ready. Um, now it's Rarsta's turn. I imagine she would, what does she do? Um, she probably gets up off her, off her duff and, uh, gets a weapon out. I imagine she's probably just, I wouldn't even say she's shaken. She did get hit by an owlbear, right. so. Well, she didn't get hurt, we could, right? We could maybe give her, um, do we give her, uh, no, I think she's fine. I think she's fine. It just kind of, I was going to give her like a, a status of shaken, but I think, I think she's okay. I don't think she's going to get to do anything this round, though, because she's going to be getting up and getting her weapon. So now that turns around to the owlbear. So now we need to see, once again, who does it attack? Does it continue to go after Rarsta? Does it go after Luden or Hazo? Who's making the bigger noise? Let's say, let's just roll. Um, I, I'm going to modify the chart, though, that we're making on this D6. Okay. So what if it's... A one, it's Rarsta. Then two, three, four is Luden, because he would be making more noise with his shield and the sword. And then five or six, Hazo and Tamaska. Okay. Does that work? That puts you a little bigger target on you, but. Yeah, but I honestly think that Luden would be a bigger target at this point. He's a yeah. bigger guy. He's making a lot of noise. He might He might attract its attention more. I got a five. Sorry. <laughs> Did you want to roll that? Oh, no. too late. <laughs> so I need to defend myself is what you're saying. Yeah. So it's going to attack you and defend. It, it attacks you at a three because it's a challenge rating three and we're using Dungeons of Fate. I'm going to try and dodge out of the way. Okay. It comes charging, huffing and charging and hooting at you, trying to hit you with its claws and bite you with its beak. I rolled a, a six. Holy cow. That's a succeed with style. So tell us, tell us how you, what happens? I think, um, I am almost willing to give you a boost out of this. What, what do you do? Well, as he comes in, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go through his legs. <laughs> I'm just gonna, gonna like scamper down and I, run I, between its I'm legs. I'm just gonna do a, like a roll, just like a forward roll. <laughs> And now I'm behind him. That's, that is so epic. I love it. Okay. All right. It's a little man trick. Well, well done, little man. All right. So <laughs> what does Hazza do? It's Hazza's turn. Sticking with the pointy end. <laughs> I think All right. it's a little short sword this time. Okay. Drawing your short sword as you yeah. come out of the roll I guess and stab probably, it in the butt. 
Yeah, I don't know if you can do all that in one turn. That's quite a bit. So, well, no, I mean, it's your your reaction was to defend and get out of the way. So now on your actual action, yeah, you're yeah, yeah. It sort of like uh, and like looks between its legs and question marks goes over its head and then you roll out from behind it and uh, you're maybe a little dusty and scuffled but yeah I you got have to a four a three you got a four okay so you'll do one, one point one shift of damage on it that means it will go to well we'll just take it as one point of stress all right so there we go it takes one point of stress as you poke it in poke it in the rump. And then, um, take that Luden's turn. Uh, Tomaska, what's Tomaska doing? Um, she's gonna try and flank. Okay, are we gonna do you want to try the pack, pack tactics? tactics thing? Exactly. Uh, we used it as a, a create advantage, right? As so a, you can use it as a p- plus two to a to an if attack. It's a create, so if it's a create advantage, uh, Tomaska will need to roll to get the advantage, so That's she right. needs to beat a three. I think that's how we did it. Um, roll against the challenge rating of three. And what? Tell me. Approach. I would say for that, uh, for that approach, I would use Dex. Okay, she makes it at a three exactly. Okay, so that's a boost. We're going to give a. You get one. There's one little boost out there. Okay. Uh, of pack tactics from Tamaska. So, uh, but it's not an actual advantage that can be built on. So you'd have to roll again to try and get the actual advantage. It's just a boost. It's a one-shot wonder type thing. However, uh, with that in mind, Luden is going to, as the owlbear sort of like looks down between its legs and then spins around at Tamaska, uh, slightly distracted, Luden is going to basically bash it with his shield uh, heavily uh, in the head. I think that's about the best way to do that. Get him. And that is going to be a strength check, which is, I think that's a strength check and yes. not a dex. What do you think? That's okay, what cool. we did with the cave bear. So that's going to give him a three. So that is, again, he's just going to match. Um, I'm going to go ahead and blow that create advantage, or I'm going to blow that boost of Tamaska mm-hmm. doing the, the pack tactics right now and give me a plus two. So I'm going to do two shifts of damage to the cave bear, which it would take to its stress. So now. Nicely done. Uh, yeah. So it, it gets a little bit more banged up as a shield bounces off its skull and he will continue to yell at it and try to drive it off. Like that. So then it's Rarsta's turn. Rarsta is going to grab her spear. And I don't think Rarsta is interested in trying to save this thing or be nice. I think she's just going to charge in and try and do damage. I think we should probably go ahead and roll fate. She's a challenge rating two and it's a challenge rating three. So I can, do you want to roll four or do you want me to? Go ahead. So I'll roll for her and I'll just add, it'll, it'll go to her plus two. We'll just keep it easy. Uh, oh, Wow. Okay, so she got a four, so that's impressive. Sweet. So she's going to do another one shift of damage, and it either he either has to take its three point stress or or get into two points of consequence, and I think it's going to be two points of a consequence. So it's are going to be uh, we'll say uh, stabbed. Well, we'll say cut, cut and bleeding. Good. All right, back around to uh, top of the round. That's going to put it back on the owlbear's table. So the owlbear was probably, I'm going to say, is either going to attack Tamaska or Luden. 
And I'm going to vote probably Luden because he's once again the tank in the front bashing it in the head. So if you really want to take the hit, go for it. Well, let's guys. do that. <laughs> let's, oh, well, let's, let's roll see it. how it goes. Roll it on the six. Let's, let's roll on a one or a six. It's Tamaska. Anything else is Luden. Okay. I got a three. So that's Luden. Luden will take the hit. I have to avoid a level three shot coming in. So he will, uh, he's bashed it in the head. It rears up, uses in its claws or tries to come in with the beak and he'll just, he'll continue to use the shield and he's going to back up a little bit to try and keep the attack from landing. I think that's more of a dex move. Mm -hmm. Um, He's not just trying to soak it or strength it out. Um, So that's a plus one. No, he's got a two. So he's going to take one shift of damage. Mark that off. So one stress, one stress marker. Next up, it's uh, Hazo. And then, or no, uh, yeah, the Albert went. I don't see any reason for it to roll morale or to see, well, I don't think, these things are really aggressive. Albert's are known for being super aggressive. So I don't think we, I think we just keep going. I don't think it's taken enough damage to see if it runs off. What would Hazo like to do? Um, I think we got to attack. I'm going to slice at the hamstring or something. Oh, nice. Okay. You, now, okay, with that, just a really quick fate accelerated question. If you want to actually do like a hamstring attack kind of thing, that's kind of more like a created advantage. You could do a create advantage to create like crippled or like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Or you could go for solid damage. It's up to you. Hmm. That's the glory of Fate Accelerated is that a created advantage can still be an attack that weakens a foe, but doesn't actually do damage. It just sets it up for more damage. Oh, let's go for real damage. Okay. All right. So you got to beat a three. Oh, five. Oh, okay. Well, that got complicated. Uh, Now it's a decision time. Uh, It takes, so a five from three, that's two shifts of, of damage. It can either take it into its stress or it can take another consequence. I think the best move here is that it takes it to its stress marker. Yeah. So it's it'll take the, the three-point stress marker. Everything else now is consequences. And I think at this point, when it comes back around to its turn, if it's still up and moving, it's probably going to maybe consider that it's bitten off too much, that, too much to chew, quite literally. Okay, so who's up after Hazo? Is that Luden or Tomaska? Tomaska. Tomaska. She's going to do the same thing. Try and more pack tactics. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Set up the big hit. Okay. Needs a three. She got a three exactly. Okay, so So that's another another boost. Yep. Another boost. Cool. Cool. Thank you, Tomaska. Luden is going to. uh, I don't know. I think at this point he's going to see that we're. I think he's going to go for lethal. Yeah. Yeah. He's just going to come in and do a strike at the owlbears. Uh, the owlbears like coming at him. So probably like right at its neck. We'll see what happens. And that boost is there and available. If you could maybe use. Oh, that's no. And so that's, uh, I think that's probably a strength check. We didn't define that before I rolled. Yes. Three, four. So he hit, he got, I got a, Plus three, plus one. So that's a four against the three. So that's one more shift of damage. That's going to take it into a negative four consequence. So I'm going to say that it is no longer just cut and bleeding. It is also gashed. Not 
Good. Okay, so then I guess Rarsta does have a chance to finish this thing. Yeah. You want to roll this time? Or you want me to? Oh, no, you should do it. This poor this poor owlbear. Uh, so she's a two. And that is... Oh, no, she got a one. The best she could do with this roll is to invoke the boost, which would just get her flat out right even, so it wouldn't do any damage. So I'm just going to say she misses, and so the boost can be used for a better shot later. Um, so it's back around to the owlbear. We need to see, does the owlbear take off? Because it, yeah. it literally can take maybe one more shot. It Let's, is gashed and cut and bleeding. Should we give that a plus two? I would almost give it a plus four that okay. it would try to run off um, because it's 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 not doing well. If it doesn't we, we run off now, it ain't going to be running off. Yeah. Oh, I got a two. Six. Oh, that's an eight. That's a no. I'll roll chaos real quick because those are both even. I got a seven, so I don't have to worry about that. So, no, the cave bear or the cave bear. the do- What? <laughs> what? What are you talking about? The owl bear is, again, just uh, out for blood. It doesn't know any better and it doesn't know when to stop. Oh, that's too bad. Okay. So it is going to haul off and, well, at this point, let's go ahead and roll because it's got three or four opponents on it. So I think we're back to rolling Yeah, pretty much randomly. Is that okay with you? I think so. It's just angry, hurt, and yeah, confused. So, uh, so what we'll do is uh, one, two, one, two, Hazo, three, four, Luden, five, six, uh, Rasta. And if it's on you, then we'll roll again to see if he attacks Tamaska. Okay. So one, two, you, three, four, Luden, five, six, Tamaska, or uh, uh, Rasta. I got a four, so he's going to hit Luden, which kind of makes sense because Luden's right there and asking for trouble. So it's going to haul off and swipe at Luden. And he is going to, this time I think he's just going to soak it. He's going to try and get the shield up and take it on the shield, which is going to probably be more of a, more of a, I think more of a constitution. Oh yeah, that's right. You did that before. I think whenever he soaks it on the shield, I guess you could be strength. We'll say con. I'm leaning more towards con. Your call. My call. Ooh, ouch, 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 ouch. Uh, how do I want to do this? Um, that is a, that's a one. I could blow the boost to make it even, which I'll do. Good call. Uh, just as it swipes at Luden, Luden's a little slow in getting the shield up. And just as he swipes at Luden, it looks like it's going to hit. Tamaska jumps in and like nips at him a little bit. Mm-hmm. And he kind of like shrugs and the, the, the strike goes a little bit off to the left and slides along the shield. Um, on the very edge of it. So that'll be a nice way to avoid damage because, ooh, thanks, Tamaska. Tamaska is like a lifesaver with that pack tactics, dude. Yeah, that's a great... Especially when, especially when we only have one opponent. Um, so then that's Luden, and then it's it's uh, Rarsta. Um, I guess I'll roll four real quick. Rarsta will see that it's almost dead and give uh, Outlander warrior cry and stab into its rib cage, and get a negative four. <laughs> Whoa! Is that an auto compel? Well, for an NPC, I think that just means she gives the yell, and then just the the owl bear steps to the side, and her spear like digs into the ground. 
and she just like loses her footing and is just completely unbalanced and is probably I'm, I would just give her the status unbalanced if if that comes to that down the road. The owlbear might be able to take advantage of it if it lives. Am I messing up the order? Is that right? Whoa. No, no. So the owlbear went and attacked Luden. We gave Rarster's shot, but it should have been Luden's shot, right? Because the owlbear attacked Luden because it's Hazo, it's Hazo, owlbear. Well, we did owlbear at the end. So we did everybody's okay. turn. Rarster missed. And then so the owlbear. So it's Hazo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. so yeah. yeah, the owlbear. I'm sorry. Yeah. Good, good, good GM in there, Dr. Hip. Fun times, fun times. I'm going to try and create an advantage. Ooh. Okay. What you doing? Well, I don't know. What would be the best advantage to create? Um, um, don't forget, you can also use its conditions. I'm pretty sure that's part of it, too. Of you can, the gash you can, or whatever. You can, well, if you wanted to use a fate point, you could compel one of the conditions, which is cut and bleeding or gashed. I guess what I kind of wanted to do is get it to be basically unable to to move away. Oh, just like, like trapped? Yeah. Or kind of uh, a blocked sit, in? Blo- yeah, like a sitting duck kind of idea. <laughs> okay. All right. No, that's, um, that's good. That's good. So that would probably be uh, dex maybe? Okay. I would say either dex or intelligence. For you to see how to block it in or to how to like position so it's surrounded. Surrounded. That's a good one. Um, so what are you rolling? I'm going to roll. I'll roll intelligence. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. I made okay. it a four. So I made it by oh, one. Made it by one. So that gives you, gives us the advantage surrounded on the owlbear with one free invoke. Yep. Ready to roll. And then whose turn is it now? Is that? Tamaska's turn, yeah. or okay, and we'll see if she can get a pack tactics in. Okay. Oh yes, that's a good one. Five. Oh jeez. Okay, so pack tactics goes into effect, and that is another invoke on pack tactics. So yes, that's that has set Luden up. That's what we're trying to do. Wow. Okay, so he's going to. As the owlbear is spinning around and realizing it's surrounded and it's starting to perhaps maybe in some glimmer of its primitive brain realize that it's made a horrible mistake, he, it'll spin around and Luden will see an opportunity on the side of the foe of the owlbear and drive his sword into where he's pretty sure its heart will be. And he steps forward and impales the owlbear. Yes, I love it. So let's see that I'm actually going to probably put that on strength or dex, um, that kind of move. Um, I'm going to put it on dex. I really am. Okay. What do you think? Cause it's not, it's, it's kind of a finesse move to hit, to hit yeah. a, like the, where the heart is. The vital so organ. Intelligent. It's not great. It's not great of a bonus, but. Oh, 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 well that's okay. So I got it. So that's, well, my, my actual role. Plus one, so it's a plus one because I rolled a I rolled a zero, so I got a plus one. I can blow the invoke from pack tactics for two, three, and then I'll blow the surrounded for five or six, for a six against its three. So it's a succeed with style. So it's going to take three points, which is going to have to go into its final consequence, which I'm pretty much going to say it that does it. Bleeding steps out. Forward. It's bleeding out, 
and it is stabbed in the heart and it gives a roar and then sort of collapses in a slump as it passes on. Stabbed in the heart and you're to blame. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) You know, I gotta admit I feel bad because I like Albert so much, but it wouldn't go away. We gave it a chance to run away twice. Oh, man. In the beginning and in in the middle. and. It, okay. All right. Fate was so fate was not kind uh, for the Albert. So the Albert's dead. We look around and see that it come out of this building. Who who goes in to look in the building? Because we've got to find this dark fae that's wounded and mysteri- mysteriously feeble. So uh, I guess we go in. I don't. Yeah. I, let's I, let's go in and check it out. Everybody okay? Um, Luton definitely is a little bell rung, but he, he only took a couple points of stress. So I think overall he's fine. Um, nothing that needs healing magic. Or- no, 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 nothing. Rasta, nothing you like- okay? Uh, Rasta actually would also have a couple points of stress. So she would probably dust it off and say, yeah, I'm fine. And Luton will say something like, well, in, in comparison to a dire cave bear, I guess owl bears aren't that bad and sort of. <clears throat> readjust his armor and fix his shield. It's probably got a couple of claw marks on it. Do Albos have feathers or um, or fur? I think so. I think so. I mean, uh, do owl bears have feathers? I guess we could ask Mythic. <laughs> 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 it's a cross between an owl and a bear, so I'm thinking that it probably has feathers. So yeah, there's there's feathers on this guy. I'm gonna take three of them. Haas is gonna take, take three. Take some, take some owl bear feathers three as trophies. Very nice. So we we check on each other. We're fine. We go in to see why it came out of this building, and we find the the mysteriously feeble dark fay. What does he look like? So he's probably is it he or is she? I mean, we don't know. Um, do we? Or maybe we don't know. It's uh, the, it's the elite. Gu- we don't know. We don't know. So uh, one, two, male. Let's do one, two male, three, four female, five, six. Uh, indeterminate. Indeterminate. Okay. You want to roll this? No, you to? got it. Okay. I'll roll it. I got a three. It's a female dark fae. And what does she look like? She, uh, she's not alive? No, she's, I, I think it, it, the, the, the random event was new NPC. So, oh, that's right. So we've got a new NPC here. Uh, a wounded dark fae that was thought was dead by its by its comrades. Maybe we should ask Mythic if the owl bear hurt her, wounded her. Oh, like is, okay. is yeah, let's she do injured right now? Let's do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good call. Uh, that's a good call. So I'll roll. I got a four, nine. Okay, so There's yes. Two. So the owlbear had come to, I imagine this, this shadow fay was quite sure its life was over when the owlbear came in and attacked it. Is, this is a new NPC, so I don't think we're supposed to kill it, but <laughs> let's see. Is the, how bad is the wound? I mean, we need to figure out how wounded it is. It's mortally, it's mysteriously feeble. So, and it was already wounded from previously. So is it a mortal wound? Is it a mortal wound? I think that's just a fair 50-50 question. Five. Nine. Oh, no. 
It's a mortal wound, unless we've got healing potions. Wait, we got roll chaos because those are both on. Three. Oh, oh crap. Oh, God, uh, Dr. Hip. That just means <laughs> exceptional. Okay, so it's an exceptional mortal wound. Okay, this is the question. This is the important question. You, we have healing potions, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the, like, so do we use one of those to keep it from dying? So we get up to it. It's obvious that it is bleeding out. It's probably semi-conscious. Do we save its life? Yeah, I think that's a character decision instead of a um, A, a character role. decision. Luden is not hesitating, and he is grabbing his last healing potion. That was actually what I was going to say Hazo would do. But so, so it, they're both headed for yeah, that way. Let's does here's here's a serious question that we have to ask Mythic. Does Rasta try to stop us? Right, like because they don't like these twisted or these dark fae. So does Rasta try to stop us? I got a seven. One. Eight. No. It all happens too fast for her. So she probably objects, but then it happens too fast. So we just uh, look at each other and like we try and save her. You know, yeah, we don't even yeah, have to talk about it. it. We just know. Right. Right. So we dump the we both use a healing potion. No, so go ahead, both... you do it. And what I'll do okay. is I'll try and bind her wound. Like Okay. Okay. Cool. So Stabilizer, you know. And I think that let's do uh does is that enough to save uh the dark phase life? Well I think and I think that's a plus at least a plus four. I got an eight. Four. Yeah, okay. So two odds. definitely or two, two evens. evens. Uh eight. We're good. Okay, oh, so wow. we've all right, so that's a twist. We've uh we we work fast, we save this dark phase life and i think we're going to wrap it up here because we have gone well over our time on this special uh 20th episode holiday special and uh how about are you okay with that we can pick it up from here next time i was going to say right after we save her the other two living guards show up <laughs> oh oh and now wow. it's like and it and they realize that's a that's a cliffhanger. Okay, let's ask Mythic. Does or or maybe the one that was following us, just like yeah. the other one shows up. At least up. one or more. Or maybe it maybe it got its friend, right? Yeah. No, I like that. I like that. Um man, I'm almost willing to give that a plus two because that is a cool idea. Because they would probably think we'd be taking her out, you know, killing her. Yeah. And then well, gonna... I mean, they so they didn't know. Remember, this is oh, somebody right. they didn't know about. This is a but they were following us. At least we can say easily that and one of them was following us. All this us. commotion. And so it probably, yeah, let's roll. Let's roll to see. I, I'm going to give it a plus two because I like that idea. Does the other face show up? Ooh, I got a three. Nine. Oh, coming out of the box. Okay, <laughs> nine, 10, 11, 13. Okay, so that's a yes. So as we are patching them up and we're focused on this near-death shadow fae, and we're just trying to save its life, and Rasht is kind of sitting there, like, grumbling a little bit. All of a sudden, in the doorway are the two surviving shadow fae. And that's where we'll end it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay, I love it. Love it. Good. 
Good addition there, Dr. Hip. Fantastic. Okay, well, this is it. We'll pick it up in episode 21. And don't go away, folks. We're going to take a quick break, but we're going to we're gonna spend, uh, I don't know, a little bit of time in review, talking about the last 20 episodes and um, shooting the breeze for a little bit and talking about Wildest Plus. So stick around and we'll be right back. Hi, everyone. Hope you are enjoying our special episode 20 and yeah, happy holidays. I just wanted to take a quick minute to talk a few announcements and say a few words before we go into the end of the show. Um, you know, as I wrap up the second year of producing this podcast, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you. Whether you have been here since the very beginning or you're just now listening and this is your first episode, I am glad you're here and I hope you will come along with me as we dive into year three, like really, really soon, right? Like right around the corner. Um, if, if you're enjoying the show and you want to help support the show, there are a few important ways you can do that. And they're, they're absolutely free. The first and foremost is a five-star review or comments on the podcast player of your choice. I mean, like Apple podcast probably carries the most weight, but any and all reviews, they just help immensely. Uh, the other way is to share the show on your own social media. If you have friends that you might think might enjoy the show, then let them know about it. You know, it, it all goes a long way to extending the range of the show, and I greatly appreciate it. Another way is just contact us at the naturalgeekery at gmail.com email. If you have questions, comments, anything like that for the show, uh, perhaps you'd like to be on the show, maybe have a product on the DMs Guild or Drive Through RPG and you want to talk about it on the show. Again, the email is the place to make contact, and we'd love to hear from you. You know, also, I'm a huge fan of letters and fountain pens and things with stamps on them. So I went ahead and I have a P.O. box for the show, and that's listed down in the notes as well. Please read the show notes. There's lots of good information down there. If you want to support the show a little bit more and would like some bonus content as well, then please check out our Patreon, and that is at patreon.com forward slash naturalgeekery. Guess what? It's down in the show notes. We have three tiers of support there. And the beginning of the year, those tier prices are going to go down a bit. So yeah, if a monthly thing is not your speed, I totally get it. And that's why we also have a paypal.me link where you can send in a one-time donation for whatever amount you feel comfortable with. All of that is, guess where? Yeah, down in the show notes. Yeah, you got that. Okay. Uh, let's see, moving forward, uh, yeah, a quick announcement and then we'll get moving on to the next part of the show. Next week is a special interview. And in my opinion, it is a perfect way to finish off 2020 and kick off 2021. Uh, I believe I may have stated in a previous show and maybe in this show that it would be the first week of 2021. And that was because I didn't have a calendar in my podcasting cockpit. I, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I miscalculated. It will actually be next week for our New Year's show. So if you're a fan of Wild is Plus and solo, no Game Master style of gaming, then you will not want to miss next week's show. I will be interviewing Tana Pigeon, creator of the Mythic Game System that we use here on the show and is the owner of Wordmill Games. It puts out Mythic and a bunch of other really cool products. We sit down for a really cool, wonderful conversation, and that's going to air next week. And I am pretty excited to share it with all of you. So, yeah, uh, that's it. 
Let's finish up this 20th episode with a little sit-down review, and you're not going to hear from me at the end of the show, so I'm just going to say it now. You are most definitely needed out here. Keep showing the world your creativity and keep shining. I hope you have an excellent holiday season and a great new year, and I will see you next week for the other big show. All right. Take care, everybody. Okay, everyone, we're back from episode 20. And wow, that was that was uh, an unusual turn of events. It was. I, and I, actually a quite pleasing, un, un, uh, unseen turn of events. Um, okay, um, so this is sort of, not only did we go over on the Wildest Plus episode, but this is a little addition that we wanted to do as sort of a holiday gift, I guess, to the audience to... We're just going to sit and rap we, about the past 20 episodes, where we are with this story, where we are with these characters. Um, I know we talked a little bit about this in some of the Patreon episodes, but we've not really sat and done, like looked back in a retrospective way and looked back at how we started this and, and where it is. I thought it would be, be fun as we wrap mm -hmm. up the end of the year to, to do that. So here we go. Um, thanks, everybody, for being with us this far. Uh just, I hope you're enjoying this crazy fantasy role play, no GM dodgeball thing experiment. Uh, I, I, I think we're more into the realm of almost like shared improvisational storytelling, but with dice. I don't know. I, I never thought we'd get to 20 episodes, though. That's for sure. I, I had planned to do maybe 10 at tops. Yeah, kind of. We just had this idea of, hey, we'll start this rolling and see where it goes. Yeah. And we, we didn't really have, we had an idea, but I wanted to pull on the experiences I'd had and the fun I'd had with solo role-playing. And it's been, it's been great having someone else like this is typically something I would do just hanging out, rolling dice and telling a story. Uh, and it's so good to have you along with, uh, for the ride, Dr. Hip. So thanks for being here. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. It's so much fun. I don't know how how good it is. Sometimes I get you in more trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and vice versa, you know. Yeah, um, no, and I think that's what makes it good is that we are willing to kind of put the character's uh, well-being on the line and even the other person's characters on the line. We both have had some Game Master experience, so we're able to kind of walk that line between, I think that's probably the toughest part of this, right? Is not knowing when we get into something, what, how it's going to go, like mm -hmm. what's going to happen. And in most role-playing games where you have a game master, you know, generally the game master is going to have some idea. I know that sometimes you'll maybe run a game and you're like, I don't know what's going to happen. Let's just play it, play out to see. Uh, but in this case, we really, we really don't know. We have a brief skeleton of an idea. It's definitely right. been a trip. Well, and the, the random events have definitely taken us on some unusual tangents. But aside oh, from yeah, that, the, yeah. the creativity of when we have a detail check and you just have a couple words and you have to come up with something out of thin air. Yeah. And that can be tough too. I mean, like there's several times, that's why the, I don't know rule I think is in mythic because 
you can kind of go down a rabbit hole and waste time. You'll get two two weird words put together that don't make sense and it doesn't fit. And, but you can kind of go down a rabbit hole thinking that you have to make it fit, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, I have to make this fit. I have to, I have to, I have to do this random event. And I don't think you do. I think that's what we've discovered is that sometimes it's better to just be like, nope, doesn't make any sense. Off with its head. We're moving on. Right. And well, in, in a typical game, you, you don't argue with the GM. And, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like there, or you might try to, but usually you don't win. But in this case, where we're sort of arbiting for each other, sometimes mm. you just have to make the best judgment call you can. Yeah. As we yeah. go thing. And I think we found early on with the, the way we were interpreting mythic caused us a little more consternation, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah, consternation. To- that's a, yeah, there's, there's a good word. Yeah. I, I am, I don't think I will forget. The moment when I, it was a lunch hour. I think you had to deal with my texts yes. when I realized this had happened. And I think we were five episodes in, or I don't even know how far in we were. And I I had taken uh, the mythic rules with me to work. And no, was this before, was this before the pandemic? Was this before the work from home? I think it was because I remember being in my office at work and I, at lunch, I had decided to kind of reread the mythic rules and just kind of, you know, go back over them a little bit. And that's when I found the rule that, uh, yeah, that, that you were supposed to be rolling 3d10 instead of 2d10 and that random events were not exactly automatic. And that, that changed it up for us nicely. It's, it's funny what happens when you actually play by the rules. <clears throat> yeah, it worked a lot Generally. better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, smooth that right out. You know, you were you were saying about how the random events have caused us weird uh, twists and turns in the story. I want to go back to the the random event. I believe it was a random event, which was that storm. Mm-hmm. And how that storm sort of. That added, what, three, four episodes just because we dealt with the storm. Then we went to the, the storm was bad and we went to the the fairy house. Yeah. And. Got caught up in all that. And then I think, was that a random event as well? That the guards were at the fairy house, like something was wrong there. And that was a random event, which cost us. Yeah. Like it, what. What a sequence of events that led us down that road. And um, yeah, that's the fun part. That's where you get, to ha- you get to have fun and you just sort of enjoy the dance, right? You just, okay, I don't know what's going on, but let's keep going. Exactly. Well, and the other part of the dance that we've been having a lot of fun with is we built this world from nothing. We, mm-hmm. we you know, mm-hmm. the first couple of episodes were us creating some world elements, but we've also had to flesh things out along the way as yeah, questions and situations have dictated. Right. Right. And it, it has, a, yeah, it's just this continual spark that we, by, by playing the game and by playing our story that in turn generates things that need to be built for the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of the things actually I want to do as we get into the new year is I want to on Patreon start putting up chunks of world information that could be used in a game and try to create 
I don't know, like uh, a world book for this world because oh, that's nice. It's kind of it's something that uh, is calling to me right now because we are spending so much time in this game world, and it's I, 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 the map that I've got is rather large, and we're just one little valley right in this this larger map. And I think the world that we have, I'm really compelled by the world we've created. So, um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking if nothing else, we'll maybe flesh out Drakenfeld and folks for folks to grab and play, except maybe, maybe we'll just do mythic or, uh, fate stats on it and just put something together. I don't know. Thoughts, random thoughts. What's, uh, what's been your favorite moment throughout the, uh, the escapades? Oh, that's, that's tough. Um, right. I think there's been a lot of cool character development for uh, what I actually would say. One of my favorite moments was the right of the cave for Hazo. Right. And cool. it was brilliant on on, on your part uh, to come up with that scenario and how he's, you know, I guess you'd say was able to push through that yeah. uh, situation and, Oh, that's cool. I'm glad you like that. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but I've also enjoyed all, you know, the, the, how do we deal with the fight scene? How do we deal with, with, yeah. with putting these together and our characters playing off each other? And I would have to say one of my other favorite moments was when I totally blew the role that the storm was. <laughs> <laughs> because right? we've gotten a little role play <laughs> off of that so many different times from like, uh, from making a mistake, uh, rather yeah, than doing right. it right. So, right. uh, that's also been fun. Oh, it's, it's been great. Yeah. Great fun. I think, uh, my favorite moment, I think overall was the dire cave bear fight just because, uh, we somehow managed to pack that into one, one episode and none of us really got too battered up or beaten or dead. And I think it just was, it was a really, I think I just keep in my head. It's just a really cool scene that I would love to see animated sometime. Right. Like, yeah. And then like at the end when, when it's running off and Hazo chases after it, it's still it's hilarious to me. It's great. <laughs> well, yeah, I was telling my mother a little bit of this podcast story. She's oh, yeah, like, yeah. You could not totally a make this into um, a movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. It would be fun to see, wouldn't it? That would be that would yeah. be great. Um, that would well, be, yeah, if there's any animators out there who need practice, uh, hit us up. <laughs> do, little, do little flashcard scenes or do little animation scenes for us. That would be fun. Yeah, um, I'm excited to see where it might go. What's so? Will... Oh, yeah, yeah, I am too. I, I am, you know, I have to admit, probably one of my favorite twists has been not only the cave you put Luden in, in also the right of the cave sequence and that scene where you put him in a pictograph cave and how we've woven that into the narrative a little bit. And I think there might be more to come there with that. Mm -hmm. I love that. But, you know, honestly, this last episode, I coming into this episode and not really knowing much about the ruins and how we were going to figure this out, 
and what was going to happen, uh, it really was like walking off a ledge into darkness. Like I, and you know, being an ex GM, not an ex GM, but uh, being a GM, is anyone ever really an ex GM? I don't think so. Um, but being a GM, there's kind of a control factor that goes on, uh, where you're like, what's going to happen next? What are we doing? What are we doing? And coming into this episode, like this was, this was the ruins. We'd been trying to get to these ruins for 20 episodes and now we're here, but we purposefully really didn't design anything because we wanted to see just what sprouted up and just through some questions and answers. And then just through a random event, we now have a fairly important scene coming up that like, it just, I love it. That's, I I really (laughs) liked the combination of everything that came together for us in this episode where we're in the ruins. And I think it's kind of funny because right before we started gaming, we kind of, the question came up, how are we going to end this? And right, our, like, we, our answer was, uh, was <laughs> let's just see where it goes. Yeah. Right. So like, I, it, it's, it, you have to really, and I, I, this, this coincides with the question I was going to ask you, which was, what do you find the most difficult about this? Like, what's the most challenging about this style of play? And for me, it's that exactly. It's that I don't know what's going to happen. I I have no idea. Like we uh, we're just going to play along and and create stuff and and you have to almost forcefully, at least until you're used to doing it, let go of the reins a little bit, mm-hmm. which is tough, right? Even as a player or a GM. But I I don't know if that's the same for you. But what's what's the thing you probably find the most challenging? Yeah, I guess I would say that a little bit is maybe it depends on your style of preferred role play. If you mm, really right. like the crunchy bits and all the, you know, treasures and the stats and the whatever, this probably right. may just be a little too open. Uh, yeah. Too yeah, much of I a blank canvas. I, but I think after playing those, this is a a, a breath of fresh air. And on the one side, like you say, you have you don't really know where it's going to go, and you just have to be willing to to be let your creativity be your guide. Let those few words, and, and we right. struggled with it in a few episodes where where what is this going to mean? How is this going to roll? Oh, uh, but sure. You, but very seldom uh, have I been disappointed or anything like that. So yeah, yeah th- I think it's taken me a little while to just sort of be like. I have no idea what's coming next. Let's just go one scene at a time. And yeah, that's that's really, and that that can be so tough. It's been my challenge as well. Like trying to remind myself, keep it one scene at a time. Don't try to read ahead. Don't wait to plan ahead. I know our texts sometime and our phone calls that we've had, <laughs> trying to be like, what about this? What about that? I don't know. What about this? I don't know. Let's roll mythic. Yeah, we'll roll mythic on the show and see what happens. And then, you know, we might have a good idea. And then mythic is like, nope. <laughs> True, and if whenever we've tried to steer it in a certain direction, oh, yeah, yeah, bad yeah. idea. Bad. It's a bad idea. It's a horrible idea. Like uh, I think I, I can think of two times when we were going to try. Oh, let's try and steer this a little bit, and it was no, don't do that. And so I think part of that is our like the cohesiveness of a story that we wanted, mm-hmm. and so. Mm-hmm. But what I've actually been really 
pleased with is how we've been able to continually pull these storyline threads, plot threads together again. And, you know, and, and make a, what I would call a pretty cohesive storyline happen so far. And yeah. Yeah, And I, I like to think that, that with what we've got, you know, you could take this as a lump of clay and, you know, this is a pretty cool story and then really then shape it into a story, right? Like really carve some things off, maybe add a little bit here and there. But I think the the overall bulk of what we have is is moving along quite nicely. So I'm pretty happy with it. Um, yes, yeah. It's a successful experiment. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I hope everyone out there thinks so as well. Um so what's next? You know, I was just getting ready to ask you, uh, what's next is, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, let's roll mythic. What's next? Um, <laughs> you know, heck, just for fun, because this is the, so this is our, basically our holiday show, uh, for Christmas, Yule, Hanukkah, all of the, all of the holidays that are happening in this oh, time period. This is a show. Yeah. All of them. Um, this is our holiday show. And then next episode is a very special interview, which is going to be really, really cool. I'm looking forward to that. And that'll be on the week of New Year's. But this is kind of our last show of the year. So let's let's see. Let's roll on the mythic descriptor chart to see what 2021 is going to be like. All right. Hey, Hey, mythic. This is the old school version of a complex question in mythic. Hey, mythic. What is 2021 going to be like? And we'll see what happens. I'll roll the first one. You roll the second one. I got a, shoot, a 27, which is dimly. (laughs) 42, hard. Oh, no. (laughs) All right, scratch that, scratch that. That never happened. I don't know. I don't know. We don't know. But just let that, yeah. Anyway, so back to the show. <laughs> that was a horrible idea that I may not use. <laughs> Maybe it doesn't work as well for descriptors on the show. Uh, right. So that was just a bad idea. <laughs> That's fine. Fair. That happens. Um, uh, what's next? Uh, you know, I I think uh, we'll just go scene by scene, right? Like, yeah. I think we have to we have to figure out what's going on with this this wounded dark fae, um, who's probably gonna owe us a favor since we just saved her life, and I think that's going to open up. I think it's going to greatly diminish the chance of us having to fight the two healthy dark fae. I would hope. I hope so too. Um, and we'll just kind of see where it leads us from here. I know. So yeah, I mean, there are a couple of little plot lines we've talked about that could be fun to get included in this, but again, we don't want to force it. Right. Um, but yeah, I, you we, know, I, I go ahead. No, I was going to say, we talked about wrapping up this kind of storyline or part of the yeah. story and then yeah. seeing what happens next, whether we, well, um, my thoughts on that, interestingly enough, are that, you know, it's possible we only maybe do have a few more episodes of Wildest Plus based on the fact we've gotten to the ruins. You know, we'll, we'll work it out and see if we can bring things to a nice dramatic landing or climactic finish or, you know, uh, something uh, where we don't just leave everybody with a, 
oh, well, that's nice. You know, we, we want to wrap it up in a nice tidy bow. After that, for next year, um, I mean, we've talked about this, maybe bringing a third person on the show and yeah. running another story in Drakenfell. Maybe running Hazo and Luden and someone else, some sort of continuation. I think we've got some storylines that are only going to get a little bit more complicated with the Outlanders and Skokul, and I don't see any of that getting wrapped up. So no, maybe we so many things going on. Yeah, there's a ton of things going on. So I think we could wrap up this storyline and then discuss and see see what that looks like if we want to keep doing this with the two of us or maybe bring in a third person. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's my thoughts right now. What do you think? I think that's a great idea. Okay. All right. I think it'd be fun. Keep to, it rolling. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then also just for the show in general, there'll be more interviews, uh, next year. I think we're going to be interspersing the, the, the interviews a little bit more. And so, and Wildest Plus will be, will be in there as well. So we'll, we'll just weave things all together and hopefully give folks fun stuff to listen to every week. That's the plan. Sounds awesome. Well, cool. All right. So that's going, I think, to be it. Thanks everybody for hanging around for this little discussion and chat of the past 20 episodes. Dr. Hip, happy holidays to you, good sir. Happy holidays. And it's I been will, a wild ride. It has been the wildest of rides. <laughs> <laughs> In that sort of panicked, I'm not sure what's going to happen next kind of uh, good side of things. Yeah, so uh, it parallels 2020. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I think I think you're right. Um, so yeah, we'll see how all of this shakes out and we'll pick it up at, uh, we'll pick up with episode 21 of Wild is Plus after the turn of the year. Awesome. Thanks, Dr. Hip. Yeah. All right, everybody. Good roads. Happy holidays. Take care.